0: Welcome to Lando's Lounge. You are now listening to The Bespin Briefing. Hello, what have we here? Welcome to Lando's Lounge, The Bespin Briefings. This is episode one of the briefings, although last week we did have an introductory prologue episode of this whole thing to introduce the show and to provide both you and me, I guess, a sample of how this whole thing will work. Uh, as proof of concept, I think the episode went splendidly, so I'm excited to hop back in the saddle or the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and start this exciting journey with all of you. Uh, just a reminder, the Bespin Briefing is primarily for listeners who may be new to Star Wars or just venturing into the movies, and are interested in getting a fuller, deeper insight into this amazing galaxy. That isn't to say that the show isn't for people already familiar with Star Wars, but jeez, uh, I'm slurring my words, I've been hitting the blue milk too heavy, I don't know. These first few episodes will be covering very general, important ideas That I'm sure seasoned Star Wars fans will know thoroughly already, but for you seasoned veterans out there, I encourage you to still hang around and listen, because there will likely be a factoid or two that even you weren't aware of. Uh, So yeah, for our first episode here, I made a list. You know, I was in the studio. I was making a list of the big-picture grand ideas within Star Wars, and I was trying to narrow down one that made the most sense to discuss first. And I tell you, I assure you, it was not easy. I even changed topics a few times after I had already written some things down. There are three or four topics that I sort of weighed equally in terms of importance, but I ended up picking the one that I thought I could explain the least confusingly, uh, and the one that needed the least additional context to understand. So today, we will be answering the question, what is a Jedi? If you aren't at all familiar with Star Wars, you've probably heard the word Jedi and been kind of confused. Are they good guys? Are they bad guys? Are they robots? Are they aliens? Et cetera. Questions of that nature. In this episode, I will give some history of the Jedi Order, explain some of the ideals and philosophy of the Jedi throughout eras, discuss some notable Jedi characters in similarities, differences they may share. Uh, there's an extensive amount of Jedi lore out there, so I will claim, I will not claim, sorry, I will, let me make this very clear. I will not claim that this episode is entirely comprehensive or talks about every bit of information uh, about the history of the Jedi. Since it is episode one, I'll try not to delve into the more obscure corners of a galaxy, this realm of knowledge. And I may go on a tangent here and there to explain smaller concepts that I feel like need explaining to understand the basics, but I will not be, this is not a comprehensive history of the Jedi. Uh, Yeah. So uh, I will be discussing loosely a few different time periods in Jedi history. I won't be diving deep into most of the eras. I'll rather be spending most of my time talking about how the Jedi Order worked around the era of the Phantom Menace, or Episode One, if you remember from the prologue episode. We're talking about the prequel trilogy here, and I chose this era because the beginning of the Order is rather mysterious. There is an era called the High Republic, which is supposed to be essentially the Jedi Order at the peak of their power and influence and moral integrity. But uh, the stories of the High Republic era uh, are currently in the process of being told through the medium of novels and comic books. So I won't touch on that era really until all that material is done being released. Maybe down the line, many, many episodes down the line, I might do an episode called What is the High Republic? Then, you know, this era of the prequels that I've mentioned are kind of like right before the spoiler alert, the fall of the Jedi Order. Um, and that's the time frame, like I said, I'll be focusing on because in my opinion, it is kind of when we see the Jedi Order functioning there most normally. Like this is just kind of like if I were to take this slice, this is what the this is how the Jedi function. This is more or less the norm. Uh, after this era, the Jedi Order, like I said, kind of falls, and Jedi are scattered, and they have no real order or organization. And the Jedi are just governing themselves and trying their best to uphold their Jedi beliefs in a very trying time, is what I'll say for now. So, just to restate, most of the information that I'll be talking about, unless otherwise denoted, will be think uh, the Phantom Menace. Era, So like, uh, yeah, I I was trying to think of the BBY year reference, but I actually don't have it written down or memorized. So just think around the time of episode one or shortly before then. First question, what is a Jedi? Well, a Jedi is a member of the Jedi Order and religion. They are guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy. Simply put, the Jedi are, for all intents and purposes, the good guys. What does a Jedi look like? Well, Jedi come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Many of the main characters or Jedi protagonists we see in the different movies are humans, but there are Jedi from hundreds and even thousands, probably, of different species throughout the galaxy. That said, most Jedi belong to a sentient species. You know, they are thinking, breathing emotive well i shouldn't say breathing emotive uh creatures and they're most often humanoid meaning they vaguely resemble humans uh they might have an extra arm or two an extra leg or two might have different color skin they might have horns whatever but vaguely humanoid uh jedi are all- most often found clothed in robes, boots, a handy utility belt in some instances, and a long flowing hooded cloak. These garments are typically more muted colors, such as your tans, beige, perhaps gray, black, brown, etc. Because Jedi clothing is designed to be simplistic, minimalistic, and not to be flashy or draw attention. The hooded cloak is often used to blend in with crowds and go unnoticed, but is often cast aside when it comes time for fighting or, run anything or anything requiring movement to allow for, you know, more free-flowing sort of action. Next question. What do the Jedi believe? Well, the one uniting factor, or maybe not one, but a great uniting factor of all Jedi, is that they perceive, use, and believe in the Force. I will do a separate episode on the Force, maybe next episode even, you know, like here in the near future, but now I'll tell you some super rudimentary information just for your understanding. The Force is essentially a natural power, or force, that can be found in all living things. There is a dark side to it, there is a light side to it. And what we need to know is that the Jedi operate under the light side, okay? Uh, And children can be born with a special affinity or sensitivity towards the Force, showing an aptitude for strange, mysterious abilities. Uh, This sensitivity is tested by Jedi after identifying a possible candidate, a child candidate, for maybe being a Jedi, and they determine whether this child is truly Force-sensitive by testing their blood. You might ask, how does testing their blood reveal their Force-sensitivity? Great question, we will table that for the Force episode. Now these Force-sensitive children are inducted slash enrolled into the Jedi Order at a very, very young age, and trained how to wield the Force, among many other things. These inductees are usually taken at an extremely young age to avoid them forming any attachments. Now I'm going to dive into a bit of their beliefs here. Uh, The Jedi religion tries to minimize material, relational, romantic, and emotional attachment of any type, as attachments can lead to greed or, most common, fear of losing that which is loved. So many young inductees are taken at a young age so they have no memory, really, of their families or home planets. Because that, when that does happen, when there is a Jedi that has memory of their families or home planets, that usually leads to some problems down the road. For example, the oldest Jedi ever taken into the Order is actually one of the main characters in all of Star Wars, a fella by the name of Anakin Skywalker, who again will probably be his own episode here soon. And he was taken, not taken, like abducted. It was consensual, but he was inducted, I guess, into the Jedi Order at the ripe old age of nine years old. That is the oldest, let me reiterate. So we're talking, when we say they're taken young, we're talking really young, like toddler, Like five would probably be too old. Uh, And, you know, Anakin at the age of nine, he had already obviously developed a strong love for or strong hatred for his planet. And he also had a strong uh, loving relationship with his mother, which would, like I said, lead to problems for him between his love and his ideals about Jedi attachment or lack thereof. Those would all be problems in the future. At the time he was enrolled, like I said, nine was technically over the age threshold set. And they're like, no, we're not going to train you. But eventually another Jedi convinced the council, which we'll get into the council later as well. They convinced the council hearing his case that he should be admitted on the basis of his strong force sensitivity alone. Yeah, the Jedi philosophy on attachment is very difficult to obey and... It's even kind of made a point in other Star Wars material that it's not always a good thing, (laughs) but uh, they have other philosophies as well, such as violence avoidance. Uh, And they really believe in the sanctity of life. Uh, As I mentioned before, the Force is present in all living things. It kind of, or maybe I didn't mention it before, but it's present in all living things. It's, binds us, and penetrates us, as some Jedi would say. And the Jedi believe in this force. It's their guiding power and principle. So they hold life in very high regards for that reason. But I said violence avoidance. This is not to say that the Jedi won't kill. Sometimes they have to. The Jedi are equipped with these powerful laser swords called lightsabers that perhaps you've heard of. And although the Jedi are all about peace and justice, yes, they have to fight sometimes because sometimes Jedi find themselves in situations of self-defense or needing to protect others. Like, take for example, sometimes they might have to kill a band of marauding space pirates who are trying to steal from a defenseless village. Sometimes it means killing a bloodthirsty Beast like a Gundark, which you don't know about, I'm assuming, but it's a bloodthirsty beast, certainly charging at you. The Jedi also believe in selflessness, giving everything they have, even up to their own lives, for others. They value peace, always trying to resolve conflict before it comes to violence, but you know, that doesn't always work out for them. Moving on. The Jedi govern themselves by what they call the will of the force, just as some people in the real world believe in like the will of a god or deity or believe in more of like an Eastern natural order of the world. The Jedi believe that the force has a will and a natural order, and they try their best to discern it and follow it their whole life. Their whole religion is based upon their devotion to pursuing this will and it is both meditated on and instinctually felt in the moment. The Jedi also believe in justice, and they work with the Galactic Republic to stave off forces of tyranny, corruption, and lawlessness, and rather promote the ideals of peace and democracy. Where did the Jedi come from? (laughs) Excellent question, excellent question. The Jedi are an ancient order with origins dating back to 25,000 BBY. And remember from last time, BBY stands for Before Battle of Yavin. If you haven't listened to the prologue episode, do that, and you'll know just how far back the Jedi Order was established. And it was established by a figure known only as, in canon, anyhow, which means official. We're talking, we only talk about official things here. It's known in canon as the Prime Jedi who constructed the very first Jedi temple on an isolated island on a planet called Ochto or Octo sometimes pronounced. The religion spread from there with Jedi temples being built on various planets and the order gained more followers. Eventually the Jedi order would partner with the Galactic Senate on the planet of Coruscant and build their primary hub temple on Coruscant. The Temple on Coruscant was a massive sort of trapezoidal building with five towers standing up on top. Four towers towards the corner and one grand spire in the center. Um, And I would also like to say you can hear more about Coruscant again in the prologue episode. It was something we spent a short amount of time talking about, but just so you know. Next question. Are there different ranks of Jedi? Why? Why, listener, yes, there are, in fact. There are five different ranks within the Jedi Order. Those being, and I'll list them here Youngling, Padawan, Knight, Master, and Grand Master. That's not to say they're jobs, there are many, many jobs in the Jedi Order, but these are the different ranks. The first rank is that of youngling, which we've already touched upon a little bit in this episode. A youngling is a Jedi trainee. They live at the temple, uh, taken there at a very young age, as we've established. They're taught together in larger group classes and instructed by various Jedi teachers. Eventually, a sort of showcase of younglings occurs, and they kind of show off their aptitude in lightsaber combat, force ability, that sort of thing. And all these different Jedi masters or knights uh, come and observe these younglings. And if a youngling uh, catches their eye, a youngling could be chosen by one of these knights or masters to be their Padawan. That's right. A Padawan spent almost every second of their day at the side of their master, learning from them directly and getting the chance to go on bigger off world assignments with them. At this point, the Jedi learner gets a personalized education flavored by the unique personality and individuality that each Jedi master or knight has. A Padawan would often refer to their instructing Jedi as master, even if that Jedi was technically a Jedi knight and not, you know, the technical rank of master. So don't get caught up in the semantics of You know that Padawan said Master Windu or whatever, rather. But Windu's only a Knight or whatever. That's not. That's a bad example because Windu is a Master. But uh, yeah. Just don't get caught up into the semantics of that. There is Master as a term of respect, and there is Master as an actual rank within the Jedi Order. Back to Padawans. (laughs) Padawans uh, are easily recognizable as they wear a distinctive braid in their hair. To denote their Padawan hood. Now, some species of Jedi do not have hair like us humans have, and so the braid is sometimes swapped with a beaded tassel or something of the sort to denote their Padawan hood. When a Padawan's master deems that they are ready to become a Jedi Knight, that Padawan undergoes what's called the Jedi Trials. The trials consisted of a specialized task individually chosen to specifically suit the Padawan at hand, and it's designed to push this candidate to the limits of their ability. These trials typically occur during young adulthood, but sometimes as early as the teenage years, depending on if the Padawan's master determines they're ready. If the Padawan succeeds in the trials, they move on to be a Jedi Knight. The Jedi Knight, oh yeah, here we go. A Jedi Knight can now go on solo missions, or they can even take and train a Padawan of their own. Another thing a Jedi Knight does is work towards being a master. Now, how does a Jedi Knight qualify to be a master? Excellent! You are, you're so good at asking questions. A Jedi Knight can become a master through just actions and accolades. Like, hey, you've been putting in the work, you've been putting in the hours, like The Rock says. Uh, you've shown off great skill in this area or you've done this really impressive thing in this area and they could be made a master that way. A Jedi Knight can also become a master by leading a Padawan through to Jedi Knighthood. You know, passing the trials is a big deal. So if you can uh, really tutor and foster growth in a Padawan all the way to the point of their knighthood, that is also a big deal. Now. How do you, is there like some, like, what do the Jedi Masters do? You know what I mean? Once a knight has become a master, what else can they do? Well, some Jedi Masters, if they really prove themselves, may be asked to fill a vacancy on the Jedi Council. The Jedi Council is a group of 12 Jedi Masters, led by the Jedi Grand Master, who oversee the affairs of the Jedi Order. The Jedi Council resided in the main spire in the central tower of the temple. I'm a little unsure of the tenure system in the Jedi Council. so I'm going to flag it right now with the speculation warning, which I will be doing whenever I say information that is not, to my knowledge, officially confirmed or disproved by canon canonical, my goodness, canonical Star Wars sources. So, Speculation warning. I believe, I believe that the Jedi Council members have what's called life tenure, similarly to the United States Supreme Court, which means that they, once they are on the Council, they can sit on that Council forever. There is no term limit. They can sit on that Council until one of two things, they either die or resign. I don't know which one's more likely, frankly in the case of the United States Supreme Court, it's death. <laughs> um, anyhow, fun little fact, upon researching for this episode, yes, I don't just have this knowledge banked, okay, I have to research, and plan, and script. It's a process. Respect it. Anyhow, upon researching for this episode, I also found that there are three smaller councils within the Jedi Order, which I did not know beforehand. So like, For the Star Wars hardcore fans, see, I'm a hardcore fan and I'm learning new things. So share it with your hardcore friends as well. Share this episode. I learned that these three smaller councils are the Council of First Knowledge, the Council of Reassignment, and the Council of Reconciliation. The Council of First Knowledge deliberates on and oversees matters requiring use, application of ancient Jedi knowledge, texts, or artifacts. The Council of Reassignment uh, deliberates on cases of Jedi younglings who were never chosen to be a Padawan, and they're reassigned to some other role or position in the Order. Finally, the Council of Reconciliation handles matters of interplanetary conflict and affairs, as does the primary, the main Jedi Council, but I'm assuming the Council of Reconciliation focuses on smaller, more bureaucratic matters, while the really massive matters are dealt with by the primary Jedi Council. Like I said, I never knew about these councils beforehand. So we're all learning together. I do not claim to be the primary keeper of Star Wars knowledge, the grand arbiter of all information in the galaxy. Uh, nor do I even claim that these episodes are 100% comprehensive. I only claim, the only claim I will make, is that I'm doing my best. And that this information is mostly accurate. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Mostly accurate. Put that on a t-shirt. Anyhow, the final and highest ranking in the Jedi Order is that of Jedi Grandmaster. Master. They serve as the primary executive of the entire Jedi Order, and they are chosen on a basis of age and wisdom. The most famous Star Wars character to ever hold the chair of Grandmaster was Yoda, whom we won't discuss at great lengths at this time. But for you Star Wars newcomers who may have heard of Yoda and aren't totally sure of who or even what he is, I'll tell you. He was at one time, I'll tell you one thing, he was at one time Grand Master of the Jedi Order. Next question. What about lightsabers? You know, you've probably heard of lightsabers. You've probably seen lightsabers. Lightsabers are a really cool, maybe the coolest aspect of Star Wars. Well, what about lightsabers? I would say that is an excellent and important question, but there is enough saber lore, I think, to warrant a separate episode. Besides, all I will say is that lightsaber history kind of goes hand in hand with Jedi history. And like I said, we're not going super deep into Jedi history here. Uh, So Jedi, all, all I'll say... Jedi have been using lightsabers as tools and weapons in their missions for a very long time. Isn't that epic? Next question. Who was the best Jedi? As far as best Jedi, I can't really give a definitive answer to that. There are so many great Jedi characters across all the Star Wars media, and they're all so different, so everyone kind of has their favorite. You know what I mean? However, there is a Jedi prophecy about the Chosen One that I will mention. Essentially, there's an ancient Jedi prophecy that reads, A Chosen One shall come, born of no father, and through him will ultimate balance in the force be restored. This prophecy sort of foretells a messianic figure that would come and balance the universe, sort of like a Jesus character. But while Jesus was more of like salvation, this Jedi Chosen One is more Eastern philosophical, in which they, for you know, they promise to bring balance, impartial balance for good or for ill, balance. And let's just say uh, this prophecy does not remain a mystery in the Star Wars story, and we learn just who fulfills that prophecy. But again. That is discussion for another day. Now I've barely scratched the surface of Jedi information or history, but those are the basics. I believe I have covered the basics here, ladies and gentlemen. Now down the line, we'll likely revisit some more specific Jedi chronology and historical events, but for now, we will call it a wrap, and we will move into the Calrissian quiz. But first, let me take a short break. Wow, wow! We, uh, we are—that's a Borat reference. We are back. I have this delicious, wa- Flavor... pineapple-flavored water, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up, give it up for the pineapple-flavored water. I was feeling a little thirsty, a twinge thirsty. And welcome to ba 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 ba, the Cowrizian Quiz. In this segment. Uh, I'll be asking five trivia questions, some multiple choice and some open-ended so you can test your knowledge of the information We've just discussed. Let's hope you were paying attention And of course if need be you can always rewind and listen to parts of this episode again for a you know quick little refresher course Anyhow, let's just jump right into the first question. Of the Calrissian Quiz. Question number one. This is a multiple-choice question. How old was the oldest Force-sensitive child to ever be made a Jedi youngling? A. Five years old. B. Seven years old. C. Nine years old. Or D. Ten years old. How old was the oldest Force-sensitive child to ever be made a Jedi youngling? Is it 5 years old, A, 7-year-old, B, 9 years old, C, or D, 10 years old? The correct answer is C, 9 years old. Give it up for Anakin Skywalker, ladies and gentlemen. 9 years old. Way too old to join the Jedi, but that is it question two jedi padawans are known for this hairstyle slash accessory there's two answers here that i'm looking for i'll accept two i mentioned two jedi padawans are known for this hairstyle and or accessory open-ended i'll give you a second i can hear you mulling it over That is correct, braid or tassel. If you had braid or tassel, you'd be correct. Mostly braid. Mostly braid is what's more famous, but you know, some species don't have hair. Can't braid what you don't have. So they had to wear a little beaded tassel. Question number three. We have a multiple choice question. What was the name of the founder of the Jedi Order? Is it A. The Prime Jedi, B. The First Jedi, C. The Cardinal Jedi, or D. The Premier Jedi. Again, what was the name of the founder of the Jedi Order? The Prime Jedi, The First Jedi, The Cardinal Jedi, or The Premier Jedi? The answer to that very wonderful question is A, the Prime Jedi. Question four. I feel like this one's kind of uh, easy. This is a lob. Uh, question four. What weapon are members of the Jedi Order famous for carrying? What weapon? Open-ended. They kind of sound like this. That's kind of what they sound like. I hope my microphone didn't clip all that out. (laughs) Uh, Yes, the answer is lightsaber. Jedi are very famous for carrying lightsabers. I'm sure you could have answered that question correctly, even if you didn't listen to the episode. Final question. And, you know, question five we try to make it like the most difficult question, not necessarily difficult, but definitely the most difficult question. Question five, how many Jedi serve on the Jedi council at one time? You know what? I'm feeling generous, so I'll give you a multiple choice. Okay. Is it a 10 Jedi, B 12 Jedi, C 15 Jedi or D, seven Jedi. How many Jedi serve on the Jedi Council at one time? Is it A, 10 Jedi, B, 12 Jedi, C, 15 Jedi, or D, seven Jedi? I can sense you through the Force. I can sense you sweating as you are like, it could be A, but maybe B. Is it C? Oh, I can, I can sense your frustration. I'm now sensing you've locked it in. Have you locked in the answer? Make sure to lock it in. Yeah. So the correct answer is B 12 Jedi, 12 Jedi at one time. 11 just normal masters and one grandmaster. Isn't that exciting? Well, that concludes this episode's Calrissian quiz. Reach out to us on social media, give us a follow, and let us know how you did. <laughs> Ooh. Wow, what an incredible segment the Calrissian quiz is, am I right? <laughs> well, thank you guys for tuning in to this first real episode of the Bespin Briefing. I mean I I learned something new preparing this and I hope you all have learned at least one thing if not many more in this episode. To support this show, consider giving us a five-star rating on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts or share this video with a friend who is a Star Wars beginner or an OG. I know Spotify has recently added a star rating system, so yeah, you know, if you were under the Impression they didn't have one, they now have one. So you can rate us on there as well. You can also follow us on Instagram at Lando's Lounge Podcast. No capital, no spaces. Uh, That is where we are most active. Feel free to send us your pressing Star Wars questions as well at Instagram, if you have any. And I may address them in a future Q&R episode. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Best Briefing on Lando's Lounge. Stay tuned for the next episode, and until then, may your ship fly fast and your hands of Sabak be lucky. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to the Best Bin Briefing at Lando's Lounge. If you enjoyed this episode, consider rating us and leaving a review on whatever platform you listen on. Follow us on Instagram for more posts and updates. See you next time.